Hello and welcome to the second part of the Fan Driven End of Season Special Podcast. My name is Calvin Emekawoka and it is my pleasure to welcome you to another edition of your Sports Memo Podcast. I'm hoping to have as many fans as possible from across um, the leagues in Europe. But I have a feeling that most of them will be the Premier League fans. And uh, I will be able to speak to them and ask them about um, their take on their club's 2019-2020 um, season. Uh, also, their take on the transfer window and their projections and expectations for the coming 2020-2021 season. Once again, it is my pleasure and my privilege to welcome you to your Sports Memo Podcast. Please yeah thank you welcome back to your sports memo podcast i've got with me a very passionate um arsenal fan his name is imadele wanchuku um imadele welcome to your sports memo podcast once again thanks carvin nice to be here again right um you arsenal have won um the fa cup for the 14th time Mikel Arteta seems to have, um, I'm trying to find a word, he seems to have rescued, rejuvenated his club and a football team that seemed like they were, they were doomed under uh, United Emery. What, what do you think was responsible for this? I, I think if you have put it perfectly, uh, it was uh, more of a rescue from the jaws of death, it's a thing that, that was dying slowly. And I remember very vividly the, the last time I was in the cast, uh, I think I was here with um, Solis. Yes. And, and we alluded to some issues. Basically, I think what Adiga has done right or, or differently mm-hmm. is to be able to do things which I think he has done right. Quickly define, quickly. Um, put, put clarity as to how uh, the team would play, put clarity on the transition from back to front. Mm. Everyone clearly understands their roles, what expected of them, and, and how to proceed. And that is, that is the one thing that was clear from, from the first game. Even the first game, the first game ended in a defeat. He was pretty clear as to how he wanted the team to up and play so it was easy for um, the players he had to interpret his vision mm-hmm. but more, more importantly he had shown a, a side that I think many of us didn't expect the, the pragmatism that comes to play with football yeah. now a whole lot and, 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 and I guess probably almost everyone um, expected to see the a reincarnation of of Guardiola um, or Arsene Wenger, mm-hmm. two managers, two excellent managers, who have um, who have developed the way they want to play and stuck with it, come rain, come shine. Mm-hmm. But one thing that did this season ending is he showed a lot of pragmatism um, when when he competing against teams that he knew. We are vastly better than him. Mm-hmm. He adapted his team to play to their strengths and then cover their weaknesses a whole lot and try to nullify their, their opponents and get the old win. I think it's the first time in a long while um, Arsenal went into so many big games and didn't look out of sorts, didn't look out of place. Even the games they did not be lost. Mm. You could see they didn't look out of so they went everywhere. There seemed to be some sort of cohesion in, in the team. And so those two things play a huge role in the stability we saw with the team and even more importantly in ending such a disastrous season with a major title. Hold on hold on. Because um if he when I when I watch this current Arsenal team and the boldness to play from the back, which Arteta has I think has insisted must happen. 
But I also remember that um, Emery's team, Emery also wanted his team to play from the back. So why, what was it, what, what, what is it that has made Ateta successful with the players to play from the back and be as bold and as brazen as he's been doing that, but he couldn't do under uh, United Emery? Okay, so let, let us go a little bit tactical here. Uh, I, I know I am not the most tactical uh, mind, but something something interesting um, we, we have seen. And I think in, in, my, in my thoughts of football, in my deep understanding of football, mm. I've always opined that probably the most important part of anything, especially anything that seeks to play on the carpet yeah. is, is the measure. Okay. That seems to be the the um, the ball joint that holds the two ends of the team together. It is the part that protects the back. It's the part that supports the front. Mm-hmm. It's also the part that helps transition from back to front. Yep. Now that 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 again that transition did exist with Una Emery. Una Emery it was very clear for anybody that Una Emery wanted to play out of the back. Mm-hmm. And he, he didn't want to give him credit. He did start that process for Arsenal. So probably he made that job easier. But what was missing was how do you transit from that defense line to the midfield and then to the attack? Now, again, how do you deal with things that will press you high up the pitch? Because mm-hmm. so when you play, against him but to press the the pitch, especially because we are at the elementary stage of our um, evolving into a team that plays out of the back. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's easier for teams to press us high and then make us make mistakes. So how, what, how do you ensure you are not caught off guard a whole lot? And these are the two things that I let us talk. Now, if you watch, every time Arsenal plays, the most important player in the Arsenal team was Ghanai Jaka. Yes. So when building from the back, when building from the back, the Arsenal's left fullback, when they play with a four-man defense, or the Arsenal's um, left wing back mm-hmm. was always high up the pitch. Yes. Allowing Ateta to drop back and then form like a left fullback or a left center back in build up play. Yes. Now, so what it does is that it created an extra outlet for a pass in the middle. Yep. Now, again, as it starts infusing confidence in the two most um, talented players, defenders he has with the ball on their feet, they weren't the best defenders in the team. They're probably the two least defensive defenders in the team, David Lewis and Skogran Mustafi. But they had an asset. They had something going for them that they could attack. Which is passing the ball out. Now, if, if, if we're going to play from the back, needed defenders who are comfortable with the ball on their feet. Mm. Now, interestingly, both of them could take out long balls. True. Both of them could take out long balls. So, when teams press Arsenal high up the pitch, and, and this was very, very evident, if, if you remember the game against Manchester United, after that first win against Manchester United. Yeah. When the Manchester United attackers pressed Arsenal high up the pitch, these two defenders took the ball, went what you your, your normal route one. Because if about four players have committed to pressing them high, yeah. they went route one. At that point, the two footballs already added to the midfielders. So you had about four midfielders already behind the four attackers. So at that point, it, it is just just very little, little things, those little details that he brought to play, mm. his positioning, mm. the movement of the ball, which always created opportunities. And I think the time he cracked it was when Danny Ceballos came into his game, when Danny Ceballos grew into the man we needed him to be. And so with Ceballos and Jaka, you had two players who could try practice between the lines. Yeah. With Luis and Mustafi, you had people who could pick over the top passes. So it is 
it made it easier for the defenders to play out of the back. It made it a whole lot easier to play out of the back. And the moment they got one win, two wins, three, and even when they lost, the court wasn't panicking. You could see that even the games where they lost, there was no backlash, there was no outlash, there was no panicking. The team knew they had the confidence of the manager. The team knew the, the manager understood and wanted to walk them through the process. So there was a mutual trust between the manager and the players. And the players. There was a mutual trust. There was a mutual commitment to, to get it done. And so it wasn't, it wasn't so difficult to see that even the regular... Arsenal had got loads of players who should not be playing for a top system. But what Arsenal has done is to harness the good in them, the qualities they have, optimize it, limit their weaknesses. At least because you needed short-term results, mm. and, they, and they got the short-term results, they may not have finished in European places in the league, which I don't think they deserve to finish by virtue of the entire season. But they were able to do things that they were able to do, which are very critical. One, they've been able to evolve a style. They've been able to evolve a culture. Mm-hmm. They've been able to evolve a way of playing. Mm-hmm. They've also been able to highlight key areas that need now to make um, adjustments, reinforcements in the team. It, it is very glaring. Like, oh, yes, even though we managed to win an FA Cup, you could see what players don't perfectly fit in that we need for upgrading in. And then to crown it all, they got a major title. A major title. And they got it the hard way. Having to defeat Manchester City and Chelsea within a space of how many weeks. So it's, it's, um, it's a very high note with which they finished. And it boils down again, it boils down to clarity of ideas, it boils down to better man management, it boils down to attention to the tiny little details that are comes in, in football. It boils down to knowing what you want, sticking to it, and also knowing the strength of your team and not expecting them to do more than they can do. Also shaping your ideas short-term to fit into the ability of what you have while also helping to change things in the long run. Great. Okay, so now, this is only to highlight again. I do think, again, I think with the way football is evolving, Mm -hmm. there there isn't... the Makalele road is, is, seems to be dead. Okay. The, the Makalele road seems to be dead. Now, rather than have a defensive midfielder, what teams now have is a central defensive midfielder. Mm-hmm. So, okay. like a deep line midfielder. Um, yeah, like like um, we we have always we've seen Buster do with so much flair and so much so much excellence. And so, um, you you have a player who can break up play, but more importantly, who is very comfortable to also build up play. Okay. Now, uh, when, when I watch when when I watch um, Simeone's team, you can't lay your hands on who exactly is a defensive midfielder in Simeone's team. So Simeone seems to play with a with a screen in front of his defense, like a double pivot. Okay. Now, so there isn't really someone who sits sit permanently, but you have two players who screen defense, but also who provide protection because depending on the opponent, Simeone most times like to be high up the pitch yeah. in some opponents, but when he's playing against very, 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 very technical opponents like Barcelona, then he wants to sit back. But against other opponents, he wants to play high up the pitch, so his, his, his defense midfielders or his CDM are always pushing up to or, or quickly break up plays from before you start them up, they break it up and then start from attacking you from, from up the front. And so coming back again, um, when I watch when I watch Pape, uh, I get the feeling that that is I think I want to replicate what they did with Fernandinho so well at at Man City. Okay. has got excellent defensive skills. Also, he has got excellent. Build up skills when it comes to passing up. He's good with the ball on his feet. He has a good passing range. He, he has an eye for a shot or, or, or there. But so it is, it is something like that. And I really don't think any manager who loves to play the way the Guardiola, the Atleta plays, wants an out and out defensive midfielder. It, it really yeah. doesn't work any, for them anymore. Yeah. They want 
they want to remove the basket. You you want a mobile, a more mobile, a more physical basket because of the nature of the, of the Premier League. Okay. And that, that 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 makes sense. So yes, I, I would. If, if I had, if I had the the, if I was San Conte, mm-hmm. then I, I would make that dream come true. Well, I don't know how much Arsenal has. So I'm being hypothetical. Um, a man can dream dream dream. My dream midfield signing, second midfield signing, is Hosan R of of, of Leon. Hosan R of Leon. Mm. He, he every time I watch him play, he he, he reminds he reminds me of Samir Nasri. He reminds me of Samir Nasri. Mm. Um, and he replicates uh, what Kevin De Bruyne does. High praise indeed. Can, can, can yeah, high praise. He's he's raw. He's just in the truth. He's raw. So it, it's a long way to, to hit those heights. But um, I did see Kamenas when he was playing for Marseille mm. and what it turned out to be Arsenal and the Man City. And so you, when you see a player with potential, you know that the quality is there, um, the right environment, the right manager, then you could have, you could suddenly have something very awesome in your hands. Such kind of players, because it is, uh, it seems that you don't expect to compete for the title necessary. So you could as well get those those qualities so in, can, so and then after a year of boarding together, mm-hmm. then you could start talking about the title. So um, I, I would love to think of a, a player like that, and then out of wait, okay. So what? Let's assume that this some of this stuff that you're hoping uh, Ateta gets. Let's assume he gets eighty percent of them. What okay. will be your um, expectation um, for the for the team um, next next season? Okay, so so if, if, if Arata gets eighty percent, ninety percent of, of of those those either those players or any anyone again of those profiles mm-hmm. in, in those positions, so mm-hmm. it just have to be them. If you get someone people of those profiles, those abilities in those positions, mm. then um, my expectation for him is, is to is to play in, in the in the Europa League final. Um, depending on who he plays against, but that, it, 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 I'm looking at a target of playing or winning the Europa League. That is one one. It is a more feasible route to get back to the Champions League, and then um, give give um, Chelsea, Manchester United um, a, a run for their money for for the top four place. Um, if, if Arsenal gets into the top four next season, it, it will be, for me, it, it will be a successful season. Uh, but at least I think um, the Europa League is a better, a look, also a super route to, to get them back into Champions So my target for him is to try and get back into the Champions League. Um, if Arsenal does get back into the Champions League, it's going to be an amazing successful season for, for me. And, and then also target one of the cup competition. Thank you very much, Ima. Thank you for coming on your Sports Memo podcast again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Please, I, I, I always love to be here. Anytime, I, I would love to come and share myself. Thank you. Thank you. So, that was Ima Dele Wanchuku, a very passionate Arsenal fan. And from him, I'll also go to another Arsenal fan. This time, it will be... Um, Deji Oseni, who is, will be speaking to me from the UK. So yeah, I've got Deji Oseni with me on the line. Deji, you're welcome to your Sports Memo podcast. Thank you. Um, thank you for having me. Um, you know, I, I, I listen to your podcast quite regularly, so it's great to be here. Thank you for listening. Right, Deji, you're an Arsenal fan. Um, let's go. How did Ateta manage to swing a season that was that was going very fast to the floor and rescue it with a, an FA Cup uh, win. How, how did that happen in your eyes? Um, to be honest, it's quite simple. Um, you know, he said from the beginning that he wanted to change the culture in the club. Right. And I know, I know when he said that, a lot of people, they laughed because they thought there were more important things for him to focus on. But... Um, as you know, time went on. We saw that he was very serious. You know, he he made sure that the players were on time. He made sure that players met together. He you know he changed a lot of things in the culture, and eventually you started to see down the field. 
you know, players chasing down the ball, you know, and the players who are not willing to chase down the ball, unfortunately, they're not going to play. Uh, and on, as you saw, it was a completely awesome. Hold on, is it? Are you saying that um, from, from that, what I, what, I, what I can pick from that is that it looks like the, there was a laziness, if you like, a lazy culture, um, and anyhow, anyhow, behavior was allowed at the time before he came in. You know what? I feel very sorry for Emery. I really do. Um, because I know English is not his first language. And I think that barrier for English affected him. All right. um, he was not able to implement the things he wanted to implement. Some of the players took advantage of him. Um, you could see in the matches that uh, I know that when they analyze matches, sometimes they make it biased because, you know, they focus on certain angles. But there was too many clips, too many where um, you could see players walking. Mm. And then when they were walking, it would eventually lead to the other team scoring. Um, and obviously, since Arteta has been here, none of that has happened because we, they know the consequences. <laughs> um, so, you know, and obviously with, with the way Arsenal, you know, the positive atmosphere in the club has changed. So many of the players have come forward to say the same thing. Mm. Um, so, you know, um, at the end of the day, you know, some people may say, oh, players don't like it when a manager is tough. Players don't like it when the environment is not professional, um, and I think True. that's one of the issues that Arsenal was having. The, the environment clearly wasn't right. Um, Emery, unfortunately, you know he had to be changed, um, and Arteta came in and he completely changed everything. And I think the other part of it is that you know the essence of him being a former player, somebody that people respect and people hold in high esteem, mm -hmm. has also added to has also added effect to when he speaks, people listen. Yeah. Um, both the fans, the players, and also the boardroom. You know, they, they, they listen to what he has to say. Ah, you mentioned the boardroom. That's, that's where we we'll go to. It's a, it's a transfer window at the moment. What what are your expectations? Um, what would you want um, given to Ateta to make this, to improve the team for next season? Um, first and foremost, um, I know it's not something that is in his own control, but um, selling players is so important. There's too much. Uh, I don't, you know, I know they're human beings, but you know, they're deadwood players. You know, these these players uh, who are just sitting on Arsenal's wage bill, they're not doing anything. Uh, their performances are just below the standard of a team who is trying to enter the top four. So um, once we are able to sell these players and he can bring in some more quality players. Um, then things will be able to change. Um, as far as money, I, I know it's important for them to back him because he has said himself, and you know he's been quoted um, as saying that you know uh, the standard, the quality. After the Liverpool match, he said that the quality is a different quality. If you want to challenge for titles, you need to bring in players of title standards. Mm. Uh, and ideally, what I would like to see at Arsenal is I would like to see a situation where they clear out. Probably about six, seven of these players. <laughs> six, six, seven of these players um, sign maybe three, three top quality first team, first team quality Premier League players. Yeah. And then um, also to give opportunity to about three or four more youth players. So what you have is you've actually got a stable core because that's one thing we haven't, you know, we're trying to establish right now, but we haven't really got. We want to, you know, all the top teams have a core. Yeah. You know, when you point to the top teams, you can say, okay, this is a, this person is a you know will play this person will play this person will play because they are key to the success of that team. Mm -hmm. Arsenal, on the other hand, the defense is just rotated. Any person that makes a mistake is gone. One week will be David Luiz, next minute will be uh, Socrates, mm -hmm. next minute will be Holding. You know, it just keeps rotating and rotating. But if we're to actually get to the position that you know, we have in the past, yeah. then we need to have solid players who command their position. See, AJ, I, I, you know, this, this is something that I don't think a lot of people have um, look at. You see, when you look at Liverpool's first choice midfield, Liverpool's first choice midfield is um, midfield trio, Fabinho, Jordan Henderson, and Gigi Wijnaldum, right? Tell me, yeah. do you, when you sit down amongst your Arsenal um, fans, hmm, two or three years ago, how many of you would have taken any of these players 
<laughs> no, we would have taken any of them. There you, there there you go. Now, my, the point, the point. Every time I, I say this to a lot of people, the point I'm trying to make is this: that we, we, because of some coaches and because of things that have gone on in the past, we have underestimated the importance of coaching a team. We've underestimated it. How much did, how much did Liverpool spend on Sadio Mane? How much did they spend on Mosala? It was the committee that bought Firmino for Brendan Rodgers. And yet, these people have worked the league. The, the season before, they made 97 points. See, the point I'm trying to bring out here again is the importance of coaching a team. Um, I, I definitely I definitely agree with you there because you know one of the success stories of Arsenal this season is uh, Maitland Niles. Um, a lot of people wrote him off. This, you know, people thought he wasn't good enough. Mm. But the same player handled Liverpool. He handled Man City. You know, he, he he's a player um, who has capabilities. I know he doesn't always want to play in the position that he's been asked to play in mm. because he sees himself in a different position. But he's somebody that has potential. And I think sometimes we're so um, we're so drawn to these big names, we're yeah. so drawn to these yep. big transfers yep. that we discount the potential and the ability of um, a lot of the players that we have already at our disposal. Says the man that asked for eight players to be kicked out as Deadwood. But let's dead, go. Deadwood. Um, <laughs> I'm, I didn't say sign. See, that's the thing. I didn't actually say sign new players. Um, yes, just yeah, I said sell the yeah, Deadwood. Yeah, and the reason why I said that is because if you're, you know, building on the culture, mm. you need to get rid of players who are toxic to the culture. That's true. You need to get rid of players who are not putting in their shifts on the pitch. That's true. Players who are um, mistake prone. Mm. They, you know, they consistently, at a consistent rate, make mistakes that cost the team. And, you know, you can, you know, as a manager, you can tell players, Okay, you know, we you know, we win as a team, lose as a team. Mm. But when it's one player who you can point to and um, statistically has made six or seven uh, mistakes that have led to conceding goals, mm. then that's where you have to ask questions. Um Mustafi has done well since Arteta's come in, but he's you know, he's had years to prove himself and he hasn't done that. He hasn't done that. I don't think the Premier League is quite maybe the Premier League is just not something that you can adjust to. Um, he, you know, he, he, he seems to struggle. He seems to struggle in the Premier League, and unfortunately, you know, the Premier League nowadays is very cutthroat. Mm. Um, you can't you can't keep giving somebody opportunity upon opportunity upon opportunity because at the end of the day, the manager is not going to get the same opportunity. No, he won't. And <laughs> the players that you are giving chances, they're not going to buy you time when the board eventually decide that your own time is up. These are the things that you always have to consider. Um, but I definitely believe, you know, these players, once you get them off the books, I don't, you know, we've seen recently Arsenal complaining about financially um, not being in a great position or, you know, not being in the position they wanted it to be in. Mm-hmm. The only way, you know, one of the uh, ways to do so is to get these people off the books, you know. Um, you know, for one, Mkhitaryan. I don't know what you know. Why Arsenal haven't completed the deal to sell him yet? Is he still on the um, books? He's still on the books. Um, they haven't completed his sale yet. He's still an Arsenal player. Um, so you know, this is exactly what I'm talking about. And he's one of the highest earners. He's one of the highest earners at the club. So you know, when you have this, you know, and then people are wondering why Arsenal cannot bring in players or why Arsenal can't complete Williams' uh, uh, signing immediately. Mm. It's because they have to consider that maybe they might not be able to sell mm-hmm. this person. So in order to balance the books, mm. you know, they have to uh, negotiate, negotiate, negotiate. And this is how they lose players. Right. Okay. Ateta and the board managed to get rid of these seven players that you're not very keen on. And then get he gets... Three, three of the players that you would like. What would be a successful 2021 season for you? Um, a successful 2021 would definitely be um, challenging. Um, challenging, I would say challenging for the title. 
But when I say challenging for the title, I mean challenging for the title in a similar way to what Arsenal have done in recent years, which is they stay within the top four. Mm-hmm. Um, they they battle hard against the uh, teams within the top four, but they don't quite reach the title. That would be a successful title for me. Uh, I mean, a successful um, season for me. And the reason, obviously, I pointed that was because we're in the rebuilding phase. Once we get past the rebuilding phase, then mm. that will no longer be an acceptable target. Um, and obviously, you have to challenge in an acceptable manner, which is you have to stay within a acceptable number of points to whoever is top of the table. What? Or you have to hold steady yourself. Steady on. What is acceptable number of points uh, away from the title winner? What is that? Um, anything uh, inside 15 points, I think, is acceptable. Um, with the current squad that we have, anything within 15 points. I think this season has been, uh, you know, the title winner in the Premier League should not be winning by more than 20 points. It's not that's not acceptable for any of the teams in the top four because it just made you know it just made the rest of the teams look bad. Um, as far as you know, the um, as far as Arsenal. I believe that you know next season um, we shouldn't fall anything below at any point during the season we shouldn't be falling below seventh. So um, that is that is what the season should look like. You know, um, now that Arteta has had time to get the grip to what he has in front of him, mm-hmm. um, he has you know got an understanding of the boardroom because you know the board before you sign on they tell you some things, but then when you actually enter. That's when you actually realise the reality of the situation. Yeah. Um, you know, people people um, were angry at Wenger for so many years, but now they realise that oh, you know, every manager that has come in since Wenger, mm. you know, they're you know they're trying to squeeze pennies from the from the owners. So, <laughs> you know, um, this is this is like what, what I believe you know a, a successful season will look like next season. You know, mm. um, a season where. Um, when we play Man City and Liverpool, mm. we, you know, we we challenge them in the way we've challenged them um, in these last few games. Yeah. You know, nobody, you know, nobody with the, you know, nobody expected us to beat them with the squad that we have. And if we're able to do that with the squad that we have right now, mm. with improvements, we should be able, you know, to either sustain this or go one better. Uh, before I let you go, if you if you could buy one player. This summer for Arsenal, who would that be? One, DJ. One. Ooh, that's a very, very tough question. Ooh, that is a tough question. Um, I think, uh, well, I think he he might be on the way from what we from what we've read. Mm-hmm. But um, I think Thomas Partey um would would be a great addition to the Arsenal team. Um, and you know it, it, it's interesting because um. He offers a, a level of physicality, um, which you know, it, it, it's not often associated with Arsenal. Yeah. So I think you know, it, it's definitely something that um, I think something that could be very a very very interesting signing if we do get him. All right. You, you know what? I have had so many Arsenal fans. Thomas party. Thomas party. Thomas party. <laughs> it will be a party if you come to North London. Listen, thank you, thank you, thank you so very much for coming on your Sports Rebel podcast. Thank you. Um, thank you, thank you for having me. From Digi Oseni, I would go on to um, listen to some of the voice notes from Arsenal fans have come have come in. Yeah, good evening. My name is Um, um I'm an Arsenal supporter from Lagos, Nigeria. Mikel, Mikel Ateta, in my opinion, has um, done extremely well. This from an Arsenal fan's um, point of view. Um, his last six to seven months, the past six to seven months, as an Arsenal manager, he has done extremely well. He has left no bones, very few people in doubt about his um, tactical acumen. I mean, it's no. It has now brought to the fore the hype that's always surrounded his ability as um, or with a lot of people have always seen him as a um, Pep Guardiola stinker. 
I think the Arsenal board will do well by supporting him in terms of a massively investment, investing in that squad, giving him the right environment to thrive. And it's no matter how good the manager is, you need the right players to thrive. Um, for me, he loves, he has potential to be one of the best, finest managers in his generation. And I think the Arsenal board has to support him by massively investing. I mean, what defeats, what he has been able to achieve against Hall for winning the FA Cup and also um, injecting a lot of confidence into the squad is a, a pointer to what he can achieve as a manager. I think he, I'll score him a 95 out of 100. Yeah, from Sheyi in uh, Nigeria to another Arsenal fan uh, who sent us a voice note. There we go. Hello everyone. This is Agbo Chuguma from Nigeria. I want to say a big congratulations to all the Arsenal fans all around the world. We just won the FA Cup and I think you have every right to celebrate. Miguel Ateta has really, really impressed um, every Arsenal fan. Um, I think I'm also one of them. I think I'm impressed with the way he has managed the squad. We had just too many problems with Una Emery. When he left, the squad was divided. So he has come in, he has brought his own identity. Of course, he's inexperienced and he's trying to learn on the job, but I think I've been impressed with the way he has imposed his own idea on some of the big players. Um, it's very early for us to say that he's such a brilliant, brilliant tactician, but considering the little time he's had with the squad, I've been impressed with what he has done so far. And I think it's a sign that we're on the right track. Uh, this window is going to be all about making a few changes. Uh, some players have to leave, so Michelateta is working with the director to make sure that's the case. We need to bring in creative players in the midfield because I think we struggle a lot to open things up, especially teams that pack the bus. So we need to get like two or three creative midfielders to assist with some of the players that we have up front. And I think we also have to sell like one or two strikers to free up space in the attack. Next season, it's all about getting to the Champions League. We couldn't do that this season. I think we have the right players. If we bring in three or four players, I think we have a chance of qualifying for the Champions League next season. So I think that's what we have to do next season. Miguel Arteta has really improved the team. We just won the FA Cup, so I think he has every right to demand that we sign quality players. So next season, all we have to do is get into the top four and see how far we go in the Europa League. Thank you, everyone. Yeah, from Chooks to one of our regulars here, uh, Benjamin, uh, who has sent in his voice note. Here we hear Benjamin. Good evening, I think very highly of Mikel I think he's great practically. You can see from the matches we play this season in our big games, he did very well. And I like the fact that he's very flexible with the formation we use. And like I was telling my family, I think his tactics won of the game against Chelsea more than any free decision or anything. And as for expectations for next season, I believe we can do well. I was even prepared to go a season without European football if we had not qualified for Europe. And I believe we can do very well. Qualify for the Champions League should be a realistic target to me. And I hope we can achieve that. For the window, if the rumors are true about Thomas Party, Philippe Coutinho, William, sounds very encouraging. Although some Arsenal fans might disagree that William is a bit old, but right now Juventus created a dynasty to me from signing these kind of these kinds of players. And so why not follow suit or why not copy something like that? Alright, then players coming in like Gabriel McAleese, I know there are going to be a, there are going to be a lot of outgoings and I pray that Mikel Arteta gets it right with his uh, recruitment and the uh, player is let's go. I am really optimistic for next season because I firmly, I strongly believe in the ability of Mikel Arteta and I wish him well. But my Arsenal fan, ever since he was appointed, I have been very, very optimistic about the chances of making Arsenal great again. Thank you. Hi, 
Mine is Chima Hodu, an Arsenal fan from Nigeria. Um, so far, I think um, Arteta is doing a great job. Um, I think he needs time. His philosophy is slowly creeping in. I think the style of play he needs, he needs a different crop of players to do that. And um, if given the right support, I think um, it will be the better for the Arsenal team in general. So um, I've seen what they're doing in the transfer window. I have an idea what the philosophy is going to be, more attacking, more open. And it's kind of football Arsenal people have always been known for, you know, free-flowing football, quite pacey. So we hope um, we hope he gets the support and backing of the the board. And um, we know that there's trying times now, so it's it will be improbable that he will have so much money to spend. But hopefully he can get the right mix to get the team going. But um, sometimes they play very beautiful football, and um, if they continue the way they are, I think they'll be building a team which maybe the next. Maybe not next season, but the season after that, I think they'll be able to challenge properly for titles. So that was Chima Odu um, with his voice note from Nigeria. From Chima, I go to an Arsenal Emirates, an Arsenal Emirates Stadium season ticket holder, Dr. Ekman Omombude, uh, here in London. Um, Ekman, welcome to your Sports Normal podcast. This is your first after how many tries? I think you should be ashamed thank of yourself, but go ahead. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much for having me. It's, uh, yes, I should be ashamed of myself. It's, it's, it's taking a long time. I hope it's worth it. So long as I don't say anything derogatory about Manchester United, which will be difficult. I'm not going to ask you about United, but here we go. Right, um, <laughs> you've 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 been um, you've been long in this in this Arsenal matter. Ateta has won the FA Cup. What mm. have you made of him? And um, um, yeah, what have you made of him first? So uh, it's mixed. I, I'm going to be honest and say that I wasn't the most excited person about his arrival. Um, when? Much as when he joined, when he joined the club. Really? Yeah. So I mean, much as people were saying that, oh, he's an intelligent fellow. He understands the game. He has studied on that pep. He still hadn't managed a football club, and I wasn't ready for Arsenal to be his his source of apprenticeship. I mean, it worked for Zidane, but then again, Zidane was coaching Galacticos, wasn't he? So to bring a complete novice who hadn't done his job before to come around the club made me feel one kind. I mean, there's a sentiment about it. I was I was hopeful that he would come in and do well. I'd actually tracked his career since uh, Glasgow Rangers. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd known that uh, even in Scotland, they were talking about him as a sort of cerebral fellow, so he understood the game. People had already started predicting that he'll become a coach. So that didn't surprise me that he had, had come this far. And I even remember there was a conversation uh, when uh, I think it was Bayern Munich that came to uh, the Emirates when uh, Hep was was uh, Bayern manager was coach. Mm. Yeah. And after the match, uh, apparently there was a 30-minute conversation between Arteta and Pep uh, inside the stadium. And Stuart McFarlane, the Arsenal um, uh, photographer, took a picture of it. It went on, it did the rounds on the internet and people were speculating. I was praying that maybe that conversation was Wenger sending um, Arteta to speak to Pep or the the board (laughs) was sending (laughs) to speak to Pep or joining, joining Arsenal. Little did I know that the guy was probably asking, so what's life like in Britain? Are you coming to join me in City or something along those lines? But he he learned quite well. Uh, it's quite it's quite clear that he, he learned something under Pep. And it wasn't even the FA Cup um, victory that started turning things around for me. It was the game against Manchester City that I think I saw what um, uh, Ateta was trying to do. The manner in which he closed them down, the manner in which he made it almost impossible for De Bruyne to do anything mm. sensible with the ball mm-hmm. was remarkable. I thought, okay, okay, it like this guy Sabi. It looks like, oh sorry, can I speak in English? You can. You can speak anything okay. that people will hear. <laughs> <laughs> so that's when I thought that, okay, okay, maybe this guy has something that, that um, uh, he can offer the squad. Because for him to have, have um, arranged the team in that manner, suggested to me two things. One, 
uh, he has this tactical awareness that people have been talking about uh, seems to be a contributing factor to Manchester City. But two, most importantly, he could reach the players and the players mm. could do mm. to do um, what he had asked them to do. So uh, that then led to another frustration, which, like you started off, <laughs> we've been long in this house, nothing. It's uh, it's been an arsenal disease for some time. Consistency. Yeah. So you see that kind of performance from the players, and then you wonder why they will go face Brighton or Albion and and lose in the manner in which they do. So yeah, on on Arteta, I'm I'm slowly turning around. I mean, he's, he's my coach. I'm not gonna wish wish ill of him. He's he's won a cup from his first attempt mm-hmm. in less than a season. Long may it continue. I'm now I'm now one of his biggest fans. What 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 do you think went wrong with you know Emery? Uh, communication, communication. Because I don't think he's a bad coach. Um, no, you I, don't, I don't win. Think... You don't win three Europa leagues. Um, yes, if you're a bad coach, and be a bad coach. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So I I I think a number of factors. Much as many people, both in the fan space and in the administrative space, would probably not like to admit it. Mm. The circumstances under which Wenger left were very bitter. So whoever was going to take the job after him was going to go through hell. That's that's one factor that I, I don't think people have have um, counted on for taking into consideration seriously enough. Mm. I'd always worried that the next guy who was going to come in <clears throat> was going to have a very, very difficult time of it. And then with this fellow, his inability to just communicate um, made it rough with the press. The press would then put out articles that the players themselves would see that would then create some sort of vicious circle of, of communication to the point that it was rumored that Ozil said to the guy, you are not a coach. Hmm. You know? So I think he just somehow could not reach the players because there were some things that he was trying to do too that you could see. I can't remember which team it was that they counted some 27 or 30 yard passes from from uh, goal. Was, from it goal, the, to goal. was it the Leicester win? I think, I think it, was, it was Leicester. Yeah, it was the Leicester was win Leicester. where... Ozil was a conductor that night. Exactly, exactly. So, so in my mind, I was like, okay, so this is the kind of football this guy wants to play. It's just that for some reason, he's not been able to convince his players to do it confidently, or the mm. players themselves. Uh, as well as we what we found out now, we seem to be finding out now that Leno seems to be the one who's scared to commence play from the back wow. compared to Martinez. Martinez seems most comfortable about it, and as an old defender myself. I get the vibes of my keeper. If my keeper is not comfortable giving me the ball, then I'm not going to be comfortable moving on from there. And then uh, vice versa. I won't even be comfortable knocking it back to him if I get into a tight spot. So, <laughs> you're laughing. <laughs> I had to introduce yourself as, as, as a defender. <laughs> Please continue. <laughs> okay. It's things like this that, that would make me not enter into much United. <laughs> <laughs> if um, um, if you were buying um, uh, very quickly, if possible, um, mm. if you were buying one player for Arsenal this season to help Arsenal um, achieve whatever you would want them to achieve next season, mm. what? what player will this be and what is it that will be a success for you next season next season so that's a very tough question let me it's one player I'm not going to answer with the name of a player I'll just answer with the position that I think okay. uh, needs to be filled and I will start from a, from a cynical note voice is who I think we need to sign. I joked about this in a WhatsApp group a while back, um, not a while back, when we were playing the FA Cup final. Mm. Um, and I said to the group that, look, if I was going to sign anybody, we should sign voice. Just a loud player who mm. is able to to speak to these people and keep them ticking on the pitch. I think modern football underestimates the, the power of leadership on the grass. Um, so that voice, I think, should be in the part of the pitch that gets a very, very wide view. Mm. I think we're okay, since it's one player we're looking at, right? So mm. I'm going to exclude uh, the center halves. God bless them and God protect them as they carry on next season. 
and I would probably like to situate that player as a base defensive midfielder. I'm still very, very old school. I'm mm. not a fan of this whole idea of, of packing the midfield with small players who are not as athletic. Yeah. I'm not, I, I want an athletic defensive midfielder. I want a vocal defensive midfielder. I want a beast who is able to drive fear in his players and drive fear in his opponents and remind players of little, little things. There, there are times when Shaka is behind, is, is back to the defense, uh, back to his opponent, uh, and the ball is coming towards him. Well, Fabregas was different, I guess, because Fabregas would uh, look left, look right, look behind him like uh, that uh, character in The Exorcist, mm. and know exactly where his bearings are before he receives the ball. Yeah. Whereas with Shaka, he doesn't look, and then there's nobody in the team to shout. That's very simple instruction, man on. Mm. Very, very simple things like that. Then he gets dispossessed or he gets put under pressure and whatever it was that they were trying to build from the beginning they've got to restart so me i want somebody not that i'm saying that shaka is bad he's been great for us now and then those people who are obsessed with stats will say uh, when he was playing and his hair was shaped in one particular uh, direction we won so many games or, or we considered uh, fewer goals he's useful to the team if we if but if we were to get a a big beast very loud beast mm. of a defensive midfielder, mm. attention, attention, mm. immediately. Mm. Um, so if we were to sign one player, mm. uh, and, and this is holding everything else constant, assuming Aubameyang uh, completes this new contract that we've offered, assuming uh, Lacazette recovers mentally, mm-hmm. assuming Pepe uh, learns to pass the ball a bit more and gets his crosses better, uh, assuming we, by some miracle, are able to convince Real Madrid to give us Ceballos, and then we figure out who between we lock uh, um, okay. and Niles or whoever it is they want to play in there, put a beast in the middle. Let Shaka compete for Shed. That's that's how I would have, I would love to see it. So, then that brings me to the, the final bit of the question: What will be success next season for you? Success next season, based on 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 this season, based on uh, my understanding of football and cycles. Mm. I think I think that if we finish within the top six next season, I'll take it. Mm. I'll so, take it. Yeah. Top six, and then since we seem to like cups, and we we'll chase one cup and see what comes out of it. Okay, let's. Nice. Finally, you did come on uh, your Sports Global podcast. But we'll probably do another one uh, sometime soon we so I can try and assemble a panel where we would all um, we'll talk more. But this, this particular episode has been an Arsenal-themed episode. Uh, I, I think you should actually listen out for it. Um, I've, been, I've been very impressed with some of the some of the people that have called in and some of the people that have sent in um, their, their voice notes. It's been, it's been really nice. Arsenal fans are not as um, they are portrayed in social media, at least not the ones that have called. So it's been, it's been great. Thank you for coming on your Sports Global podcast. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Can I ask a very quick question? Um, no, you can't. Uh, <laughs> please. Goodbye. And uh, this is Calvin Ebeko Hoka signing off from your Sports Global podcast for this episode. And if you like, Please share and um, get your friends to subscribe and to listen. Till I come your way next episode. Peace out.